Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back by no one's demand but our own from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios here in sunny, scenic, beautiful Elizabeth Park, Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome into another edition of the 615 Sessions podcast. I'm your host, Buck Rising. If you're new to this pod in the A to Z Sports Podcast Network, this is a Titans roundtable discussion with all of our different friends and faces from Titans media about, obviously, the Tennessee Titans. And today, there's quite a bit to discuss. Hell, if we waited even five minutes ago to tape this podcast, it would have been a vastly less interesting episode. But Deshaun Watson now has a home. The Titans now have a feasible solution for tight end one. And John Glennon of Sports Illustrated, Luke Worsham of A to Z Sports are going to be our panelists today to discuss. We'll get to Johnny and Luke here in just a second, right after I tell you about the people who make this podcast possible. That's Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com is where you go for honesty and integrity in the car buying business. They, they're stale staff, they don't work on commission. That's what makes them so special is they're not going to put any pressure on you throughout the course of the search for your new vehicle. What they want to do is make sure you get exactly what you're looking for that fits your family's budget and your needs. And if you don't find the exact vehicle that you want on their lot in Mount Juliet, you can do what I did. You can do the built for you program, which allows you to customize any Ford, any color, any accessories that come with that vehicle. They'll build it for you. They'll deliver it right to your door. One of the many reasons that Two Rivers Ford values customer service and customer satisfaction. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. Let's get to Johnny and Luke. All right, we got John Glennon of Sports Illustrated. We got Luke Worsham of A to Z Sports. Podcast going to be a lot better than I thought it was today, which is an upset because I always think we do a good podcast, but you know, you'll take what you can get. So you got Deshaun Watson going to the Browns boys. Juju Smith-Schuster is now a Kansas City Chief and the Titans have tight end one. I guess, question mark, Johnny, what do we feel about the last flurry of moves literally over maybe what, 10 minutes? Yeah. Well, you know, speaking on the, on the Titans first, I mean, I, I think it's a good thing, you know, at the beginning of this week, tight end spot was, was, you know, barren was a, a desert like situation for the Titans, you know, and, and there was a lot of backlash, of course, when the Titans announced they'd re-signed Jeff Swaim. You know, there are a lot of people saying, oh, is that the answer? You know, is Jeff Swain the guy? And, and of course, I don't, I don't think he was ever going to be the, the number one tight end if that was the case. And there, and there was reason for, for the anger. But I don't think that was ever the plan. And I think Austin Hooper gives you certainly an upgrade in terms of being a guy who's able to, to catch the ball. You know, he had some huge years with Atlanta. Uh, you know, some, some good years, the last two with Cleveland, not, not as good, but you know, still a young guy, still still very athletic, and, and I think adds another uh, element that was missing for the Titans last year. And, and in my mind now, if you get a tight end, maybe if you use one of those fourth-round picks on a tight end in the draft, and, and I think it's a very deep tight end draft class, you know, all of a sudden your, your tight end room 
whether it's Hooper as tight end one or, or you know, draft pick uh, as, as tight end one. And, and Jeff Swaim is kind of a number three blocking tight end. Looks a whole lot better than it, than it did at the start of the week. Well, you damn sure better hope that Jeff Swaim's not your blocking tight end based on last year, uh, Johnny. I don't know if that is exactly <laughs> yeah. the role that we want young Swaim in, Luke. I want to chime in on that because I think there's this misconception floating around out there that because Jeff Swain is slow, big, and white, that means he is a really good blocker at tight end. And he's not. there. I've seen several cut you know, it's not that I'm breaking down the run game film, but I see several cut-ups that get thrown around on Twitter of negative Derrick Henry and Deontay Foreman runs where you just see this guy on his back on the ground. Um, it's, it's, it's fair. Yeah, I, I think you're, you're fair to say that. It's not as if he is an exceptional run blocker. And, and last year, there were times when he was less than average. I, I would agree with you. But I think he at least has that capability. And, then, and let's let's face it, there's not a ton of tight ends out there in the game these days that are really good blockers. And, and yeah. if you're the Titans, you need a guy who at least has the potential and has shown at times he can be a good run blocker. So, you know, I think from that standpoint, you know, he was worth bringing back. Well, and the biggest thing for the Titans in tight end was versatility because what they couldn't have again is I remember watching the 49ers game and probably turning to you, Buck, in a press conference, in the press box, because you've got the Titans out there. It's first down and they've got Ferkser, Julio, A.J. Brown, and uh, Chester Rogers. And then here comes second down and everybody leaves. And here comes Westbrook Aquino, Racy McMath, and Jeff Swaim, and you're like, gee, I wonder what the play call is going to be here. And it's like, if I can figure that out, then sure as heck the defensive coordinator on the other sideline can. So, you know, they weren't going to find Johnu Smith in free agency or, or, you know, someone like George Kittle. Hey, I bet the Pats would sell, sell you that guy back real cheap, though. I don't know that that's <laughs> yeah. going all that well. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, man. but you had to get someone who can do more than just one thing, even if those multiple things are done at average levels. Well, this has always kind of been the, the thing with their offense, though, right? I mean, we we know what they want to do. Everybody knows what they want to do. Jesse Bates knew what they wanted to do. Uh, you know, all of the Bengals defensive players knew what they wanted to do. And that's never really stopped them before. But I because I mean, even even as something like a larger picture, like Derrick Henry, like we know what's going to happen almost 90 percent of the time when Derrick Henry's in the game. So. As long as that's a focal point of your offense, Johnny, I don't know exactly. how much misdirection you're necessarily going to have. Right. And that, that's kind of what I, I sort of was asking a little bit at the end of this the season, sort of to, to Mike Vrabel, um, you know, looking ahead, you know, the Titans over the last couple of years have certainly been an outlier in, in terms of running versus passing. We, we all know that. And it's because they have a such a tremendous running back. But does that change just a little bit, you know, now as, as Derrick Henry, you know, comes off an injury, he's, he's, he's not getting any younger, certainly. Uh, and the fact that you bring in a passing game, uh, you know, coordinator, if you will, uh, you know, two things start to change a little bit and become a little less predictable uh, than they had before. Because, you know, I think we saw last year, really, for the first time um, that the team could to, to a more extent, stop Derrick Henry, even before the injury, obviously, that, you know, as, as Luke was saying before, it was always a case of, you know, okay, Derrick Henry is, is coming, go ahead, try to stop him, and, and generally they couldn't. Last year, to, to a better 
extent, you know, despite those early numbers, uh, I think they were figuring things out and, and were able to stop Derrick Henry. So I think this is the year that, that yeah, you have to get a little bit more versatile. You know, you, you add the, the new passing game coordinator, analyst, however you want to phrase it. Uh, you know, you, you're going to add Austin Hooper who can catch some passes. And I have to think first round pick or at the very least, the third round pick is a wide receiver uh, as well. I, I would think first round, in, in my opinion, and all of a sudden you've got a little bit, you know, a few more options than you did last year. Yeah, provided they even stick at 26. It's a whole reminder. I, I think uh, the, the radio station tried to send me to Vegas with 3HL, and I'm like, I'm not going out there. He's probably not going to pick 26. You guys are out of your mind. I, I mean, they obviously still have needs, right? Offensive line, wide receiver. Let's just stick with the yeah. local team before we span out to a little bit of what's happening in this AFC arms race where I guess – Bill's media is currently doing a press conference with general manager, Brandon Bean, and he's asking for realignment based on the latest moves at this point. But um, what they have done so far, you know, I think Hooper is a band-aid that's going to calm a lot of people down. And maybe there's nothing that they, nothing needs to be done to calm people down. Like I think their body of work is reason enough to give them benefit of the doubt, even if something like, you know, Julio Jones, Getting cut this week, Luke, is is something that is going to be a black mark on their resume from the historic, for all the wrong reasons, Pinewood Kitchen. I I still refuse to believe that that was the right choice. I think there's been some like... To cut him? Correct, yeah. And we've talked about it. and, And I just, look, I'm not saying Julio was great last year, nor do I think he was going to be great this year. I just think that... Having Julio for 10 games, because that's what they had last year, 10 out of 17 in the regular season, 11 out of 18 if you count the playoff game. 11 games of Julio Jones is better than $9 million of post-June first cut relief. I really believe that. And and if this $9 million were going to give them some flexibility to go out right now and, and, and sign a receiver or trade for a receiver, then sure, let's do it. I'm all about it. But the, the post-June first money you know and, and i've heard the arguments about well it gives them flexibility to get another kenny vaccaro if someone gets hurt well that hadn't happened in four years so let, let, let's pump the brakes on that being some like vastly necessary thing johnny can you tell that he's been doing a little more work on the a to z sports morning show he's getting he's getting a little takey isn't he <laughs> he is he is scorching <laughs> i like um, it yeah, I- I would I would disagree. I, I thought the Julio Jones uh, release was a, was a good move. I just frankly, you know, again last year when you were thinking about making the Julio Jones move, you could look at his last year in Atlanta and say that's the fluke. The, the injuries he had last year, that's a one year fluke. Basically, you know, we we've got a really healthy guy over the majority of his career, and it's reason and and it's reasonable to believe that that he will come back, bounce back. Now you're looking at a 33-year-old guy who's had two of these years in a row, um, you know, and, and when you look back, even at the year before in Atlanta, he wasn't really practicing much, uh, you know, he was still producing, but, but the fact is he's going downhill, and I, and I think, you know, to me, I don't think that was going to turn around based on what we've seen over the last two years. Uh, and I think, as, as I wrote, I think you can get younger, you can get more productive, and certainly spend less money at that wide receiver position. Um, and, and, you know, I, I just don't think Julio Jones was worth it uh, for what he brought to the team and for the, for the money that they were going to spend on him. Well, and like, consider this, guys, because Johnny, I mean, I understand what you're saying, Luke. To do it right now, it doesn't make 
all that much sense because you're not saving any money before free agency. One would assume that there is a strategy uh, both through the draft or through additional free agents at this point, because I mean, they're, re- they're really barren. AJ, AJ Brown, Nick Westbrook, Akina, Des Fitzpatrick and Racy McMath is what you're rocking with at this Don't point. So Do not forget Josh Malone. Uh, how could I ever forget Josh Malone? Balls fans will string me up if I forget Josh Malone. Anyway, um, I have been saying for about two months that the Titans goal this offseason needed to be putting themselves in a position as, as awful as this sounds, putting themselves in a position to cut Des Fitzpatrick in training camp, because I don't think they like him very much. We watched him week after week, get chastised by Rob Moore in practice. And so by that, I mean, have enough receivers that are clearly better than him so that he becomes a side thought in training camp, not someone that makes the roster simply because he has to. Well, but let me just to kind of finish the thought on Julio Jones. Like, I think they had the injury season and they got like the luck that they needed at the end because he was as healthy as he was going to be at the end of the year. And then they squandered it. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I almost think that that's they've just seen best case scenario for a player in that situation because that was the whole reason we thought they. I mean I don't necessarily know that anybody thought they were going to dog walk the Bengals but we were looking at it and thinking how could they screw this up they've got everybody and Julio looks I mean great but but at least productive in Houston the final week of the regular season where you're thinking okay they've got got some juice heading into this thing and now they have a week to get physically right and then they you know they blew it. I still think, though, that there's so much to be said for chemistry, repetitions, uh, et cetera, et cetera, with, with quarterback and especially wide receiver. Julio was, was A, obviously new last year. He, you know, and, and the injury stuff, as we all know, started right away, started in training camp when he missed a huge chunk of training camp and, and really couldn't get off on the right foot um, You know, with Ryan Tannehill. And I just don't think that ever clicked every time you thought that Julio Jones, okay, he's back. Ah, no, he's, he's hurt. He's out for another game. He can't practice for two weeks, et cetera, et cetera. And you know how, how we've, how often we have heard Mike Brabel over the, the years say how important avail simple availability is. And that's not just games, but that's practice too. When, when you're building chemistry, uh, you know, with, with teammates and especially in a quarterback wide receiver situation. And I just don't think we ever really saw that with Julio Jones, even though he was, technically as healthy probably as he had been all year you know th- there was just not the, the click there you needed more time together and I just don't see that that happening or I didn't see that happening going forward based on Julio's track record of health over the over the last two years and you see the opposite right Luke when AJ Brown comes back from injury against the San Francisco 49ers and we're asking them questions the week leading up about well you know, how nice will it be to get AJ back? And they're just sloughing it off. Like, oh yeah, we've got, we got exactly. that. That's, that's what we've got. And that's what having Julio on the roster prevents him from being able to generate in the same way, like he did in his second year with Corey Davis, where they really found it, except when Corey kind of faded away towards the end of that season. Quick quote contrast, you know, that what you're talking about there, Tannehill getting asked the week before that 49ers game, he said, we've got banked reps that go way back. It's going to be easy. 
Mike Vrabel, one of the best answers I got from him all season was I asked him about what Johnny was just talking wow, Luke about. Is, Luke is hot today. Luke is, Luke is <laughs> I'm I telling asked, you, he's got reps now, baby. This is a broadcast <laughs> professional, Johnny. He's growing up in him, front of us. I asked him about chemistry between Tannehill and Julio Jones and Dutton him not being out there all this time take a toll on that. And he paused and he goes, well, Ryan can only throw to the people that are out there. Yeah, right. A, a very, a very concise, very efficient response that you could read a lot, you know, between the lines from, I think. Which I'm sure we've had plenty of those over our time <laughs> speaking with yeah, Mike Vrabel. Oftentimes we don't have to read between the lines, but, but yeah, certainly. Uh, certainly only, to, only to find the middle finger between the lines, Johnny. <laughs> That's the only thing that you're looking for. What in those particular situations. Tell us more about Zach Cunningham. I was, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> Who, by the way, restructured. So they got a little money to play with, even though Austin Hooper will now take a chunk of, a, I think it was just over $8 million that they had available to them after yeah. the uh, after the release of Jackrabbit Jenkins earlier this week. So this is a team that's starting to take shape, but the rest of the AFC has gone batshit crazy. Um, because now not only what, not only Deshaun Watson is staying in the AFC, he's going to be quarterbacking the Cleveland Browns. He just got a $12 million raise after almost a year to the date. We're two years removed from the first one of these civil or two days removed from the first one of these civil cases popping up for Watson a year ago. And now he gets a fat raise with the Cleveland Browns who have just traded a bunch of picks for his services. We've talked about the chargers and all the money they have to spend around Justin Herbert, who's playing for $7 million this year. Khalil Mack is coming over from the NFC. You've got J.C. Jackson, who's now going to be the Jalen Ramsey in Brandon Staley's defense, as he was for the Los Angeles Rams a couple of years ago. Devontae Adams is going to play in Las Vegas after Aaron Rodgers spent, you know, three months dragging him around, waiting to see if he was going to come back. Like, what do we make of where the Titans stand in this conference right now, Luke? Because I don't know. This is this is looking pretty tough. I, I'm going to sound takey again here. Shocking. <laughs> I don't think Tannehill is uh, um, someone who puts them in a very good spot with all of this. Yeah. Um, look, I, Ryan Tannehill has been great in the regular season, 30 and 13. And you can go back and forth on all day on – you know, is there something in the DNA that makes him not win playoff games? You know, the moment's too big, whatever, you know. But do you see Ryan Tannehill winning three straight games, assuming they don't get the number one seed, which, you know, they very well might, but winning three straight games against Deshaun Watson, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, like Tannehill has not proven that, at that time of year, when it really, really matters, he can deliver. 0-3 in playoff games when Derrick Henry doesn't explode with like 150, 160 rushing yards. I think that's certainly fair. There, there's no doubt about that. But on the other hand, I think that the Titans at least have to hope that it doesn't have to be Ryan Tannehill versus, you know, Deshaun Watson, Ryan Tannehill versus Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, there have to be more factors uh, than that just involved. And, and I think that's why uh, it was so important that they got the defensive play that they did this year and that they're basically bringing back the entire defense 
uh, from last year, which should be even better with with Bud Dupree coming back, you know, a year later from the ACL. So to me, you know, I, I think people can say what they will about Ryan Tannehill. And, and, and as you point out, the track record is certainly there, but nothing's going to happen about that this year. You know, he's yeah. not going to be traded. He's not going to be cut. You're stuck this year. It's it's Ryan Tannehill. Um, and it's uh, it's going to be a challenge. Um, but, you know, speaking of the uh, uh, of, of the different players around the league, too, I, I just found it fascinating what, what Cleveland must have been like, you know, during this past week, you know, because certainly they made that pitch for Watson initially. And he basically said, no, thanks. Yeah. And then it was kind of like a, a, a whoops. Oh, did we forget to tell you, Baker Mayfield, that, that we were going after Deshaun Watson? Uh, we're not going to get him. So how about how about you being being the guy? And then all of a sudden it turns back again. You know, and, and now it's uh, Deshaun Watson is going to be the guy. So no, you left out the best part with it, which is emo Baker Mayfield on social media. Yes. Reading, yeah, reading exactly. me his teenage angst. And I can almost hear the Avril Lavigne playing in the background as he writes, as he types out that note on his notes app. I mean, this shit like I, I can't I cannot imagine what other I know that we are in a more evolved version of the NFL where there is a, a mental health and feelings component that is factored in, but I cannot imagine a bunch of grown-ass men looking at that dude, putting that out there before anything had even happened and being like, what are you talking about? Just shut up. Just shut right, up. Buddy. Right, exactly. And, and it makes you, you know, it, it certainly gives credence. I'm sure you probably saw a little Chris Mortensen clip, uh, you know, when, when he was talking about Cleveland's reaction uh, to Baker Mayfield and how they, they probably wanted to move on. And what kind of the most memorable comment, I think, in that clip was that, that Cleveland wanted more of a, quote, adult uh at the position you know which is a, which is a pretty harsh statement but then as you say when you start to see uh you know some of these social media situations and 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 some of what baker mayfield has done over the years you realize that the cleveland is pretty much on track uh in in that regard so um but but yeah you're you're right about this this arms race in particular you know i was just uh, uh, another team you know i was just looking at kansas city now they've got smith schuster you know, in addition to Tyreek Hill, uh, Michael Hardman, uh, Josh Gordon, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey. I mean, the, the weapons are crazy. And I think especially in the AFC West. And of course, as we all know, what uh, what team is lucky enough to play the AFC West uh, this year in the rotation? The Titans. The one, the one that just gave, uh, you know, one of their defensive pieces, $52.5 million mm-hmm. guaranteed to try and help combat that AFC West. Yes, league. yes. Luckily for the Titans, they do still get to play the AFC South twice. Amen, brother. Which, <laughs> and the you know, NFC East. So. Which, which is great because the conversation we just had about what are they going to do in the playoffs, we at least know that there's a high probability of them getting there. Um, because the, the Texans are obviously in shambles. No, Luke, all- because the second best quarterback in the division is Trevor Lawrence. That's why they are you sure about that? Well, until Baker ends up on the Colts. I was gonna say Davis Mills had Davis Mills had a vastly better rookie season than Trevor Lawrence did. He looked better, he looked better against the Titans the second time around than Trevor did. That's for damn sure. I'm not saying he's a better quarterback. He had the vastly better rookie season. Um, and and then you know, the Colts, I'm actually highly disappointed because before this Baker stuff, and now there's reports that the Colts are it was looking more and more like we would get Marcus Mariota versus the Titans oh. twice a year, which I know would have just thrilled you to death, Buck. 
That would have been storylines for months. There's, there's no doubt about that. That's what I'm saying. All I listen, it may cause me great personal angst to have to write that many Marcus Mariota pieces and talk that many times about Marcus Mariota. But boys, I'll take those clicks. I'll take. Them. I miss, right. I miss talking about Marcus Mariota. It, it was the gift that kept on giving. Shit, I didn't have a sports talk radio show. I'm dying for those kind of phone calls again. I need to live <laughs> the height of that. I don't have enough to do. But, but you know, I mean, I, in this whole trade too. I mean, I, I, as impressive as it is to see Cleveland, you know, land Deshaun Watson. I mean, the Texans wind up with a pretty nice little package there also for a team that was obviously never going to have Deshaun Watson play for them again. The whole world knew they had to get rid of Deshaun Watson. Uh, And still, you know, they end up getting three first round picks, uh, a third in 2023 and a fourth in 2024. So obviously that's not going to, you know, help out in the, in the immediate uh, future you can't roll those draft picks out on uh, on 2022 opening day except for one of them but uh, you know uh, again that that I think that speaks well for what the Texans are gonna have down the line here just a bit yeah so, that's a big deal for them because throughout the whole legal stuff with with Watson it looked like they weren't the compensation was going to be significantly less than we yeah. thought and um with, with him getting he wasn't acquitted they just they never um he was never yeah, he's still he's, he's still not he's just not criminally charged. There's still exactly. civil cases that NFL are out might, there. NFL might look at it differently. It's yeah, and, and I'm I'm not declaring that Deshaun Watson is, you know, innocent of all charges or anything like that. What I'm saying is this is a big win for the Texans organization yeah. who are who got exactly what we thought they would get for a Watson trade before any of this came out. Yeah. I think they were also basically helped out by the fact that Cleveland was initially turned down. You know, you, you get the sense that Cleveland said, Ooh, we got to rethink, rethink things. You know, we got turned down and Baker Mayfield sure as heck doesn't want to play for us anymore. So you would imagine that, that Cleveland went back to the drawing board up the ante a little bit, uh, you know, in, in terms of what they were willing to pay for Deshaun Watson. And, and I would think uh, that that made the difference. Why do you think he chose Cleveland? It's a good Money. question because it's not like that's an easy division, Johnny. No, I would have to think he, he knew what the, uh, the the money obviously was going to be and, and the spectacular amount of money. And, you know, as, as much as, as players always say, well, I like, you know, such and such coach or such and such system and so forth. If the money is right, you're going to find a reason to like a city or, or a coach or whatever. And let's yeah. face it, the, the money was insanely right. Uh, for Deshaun Watson in this uh, situation and my guess is not knowing exactly what the other offers were going to be for his for his new deal I'm sure you know Cleveland was on top of that yeah may I I present to you the Jacksonville Jaguars who are overpaying everybody to make them like Jackson right all of a sudden that's a better destination now I love love Jack's beach Johnny it's lovely this time of year Mike Mike, Mike Silver once referred to that as the dysfunction tax yeah, that's exactly right. Listen, this franchise is not so far removed. This particular franchise is not so far removed from that same dysfunction tax. Let's let's quickly because we were I want to want to keep this uh, bite sized for people, even though there's a lot to discuss. But I want to touch on these wide receivers, given that Christian Kirk was somebody who got a buttload of money for no particular reason other than said dysfunction tax. But you've got Devonte Adams now making twenty twenty eight and a half million dollars a year. And his new deal with the Las Vegas Raiders, it's the most guaranteed money for a non-quarterback ever on this contract that Vegas has just given him after they traded with the Green Bay Packers for him on the tag. 
so between Christian Kirk getting four years, 72, and what Devontae Adams just came in on an average annual basis, when the hell should they pay A.J. Brown? Because I think he's going to make $25 million a year now, much less if they let him get to approve it year, Luke. No, you, you, you pay him as soon as you can. Um, and the great thing about it is that that money, regardless of whether you do it now or a year from now, the, the money doesn't start this next year. Right. They've still got a cheap A.J. Brown year left. And so what's going to happen is over the next two years, you rid yourself of the Julio Jones deal because there's some of it that comes back in 2023. And so what you're doing is you're replacing Julio Jones with A.J. Brown. And this is what happens in the NFL, right? You, you, you have one position that you pay a lot to, and then over time they get old and you move on, and then rookies grow. And, and just over time you put your money in different places, right? A few years back the Titans had a ton of, ton of money tied up in the secondary with guys like Logan Ryan and Malcolm Butler and Kevin Byard. Now they still have Byard, but other than him, it's all young guys on rookie contracts, and they're putting their money at other spots. So the general rule is you just pay really good players. And so I say you get it done as soon as you can get it done because the sooner, the cheaper. It also doesn't affect the cap this year, uh, and it's just sort of the circle of life in the NFL that when you have good players, you pay them, and that's why I'm I'm just vastly perplexed at what the, at the debacle of the Green Bay Packers losing Devontae Adams. That is funny. Yeah, I I think the same thing. I think you got to jump in and pay AJ quickly, you know. But I think it's all of a sudden become a more uh, difficult market to figure out too. Uh, and, and we have seen this, we have, we have read this and, and heard this in terms of the free agency signings also. It's it's slowed a little bit on the wide receiver front, uh, starting because Jacksonville overpaid their wide receivers by so much that, you know, every wide receiver was then expecting to say, you know, all right, if Jacksonville paid this much, uh, you know, you owe me this much and so forth, which you can't blame them for. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, you know, the market has to sort of refigure itself a little bit. Uh, nonetheless, you have to get A.J. Brown done uh, this offseason because for, for one reason, uh, you know, in particular, too, if he's not signed, A, going into training camp or, or B, going into the season, it becomes a, a huge distraction. And everybody's going to say it's not a distraction. No, you know, I, I compartmentalize. I don't think about that. I let my agents take over. Not the case. You know, it, it, it's going to become an issue. Um, and, and you, you, you don't need to do that. It doesn't send a good sign to your top players, uh, going forward either, you know, and, and I think John Robinson, his track record has been a good one in terms of getting these early ones done. When you look at Taylor, the when you look at Kevin Byard, you know, guys that were coming up on that year, um, he got the job done early. They didn't have to worry about it during their last season, uh, you know, and, and things have worked out very smoothly since then. Yeah. They've got a, a lot of interesting decisions still yet to make because they could still use wide receiver help and they need to keep that quarterback upright. The defense looks about as solid as it can get, though, at this point, outside of some depth concerns. Luke Warsham, A to Z Sports.com is where you can read him. He's got the uh, he's on the A to Z Sports morning show on a regular basis. Luke, what's the name of the podcast that you're doing every week now, too? <laughs> If I can remember it, the, the Tuesday Titans toss up. And sometimes I even say it wrong within it, but it's le- it's less than 10 minutes every week on Tuesday, just tossing up a Titans topic and, and giving you everything you need to know about it. And for more serious, less frivolous material, you can go to sportsillustrated.com and read the fine work of John Glennon. Boys, always a pleasure. Thank you, Buck. Appreciate it. Good to see you, Luke.
All right, we'll wrap things up on this Friday. Hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. But a quick message from our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook before we let you go. College basketball fans, because college hoops currently on the television right now, Vols play on Saturday against Michigan after beating down Mighty Longwood. Anyway, you can join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. You can turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's just that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever it is that you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code A to Z Sports. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code A to Z Sports this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Tennessee only. Minimum $5 deposit restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee red line, 1-800-889-9789. So it's going to do it for us today on the podcast. As always, I mean, hell, this thing may be invalid like 15 minutes from now because of what free agency is, but we know the Titans at least have addressed one of their major needs still substantial work to do at wide receiver and along the offensive line but we'll be here to cover it with you make sure that you're telling your friends about the A to Z Sports Podcast Network if you've got Titans questions send them to my DMs on Instagram at Buck Rising that's R-E-I-S-I-N-G and we'll read them on the podcast for the Music City Mailbag talk to you guys next Friday on the 615 Sessions